we're going to go ahead and we're going to, uh, let, let's jump into the Word this morning. So uh, before we do, and thank you, Pastor Tony. You can be thanked so much. Um, today, we're, we're going we're gonna to pose a question, right? The question is, would you rather? So we're going to stand for the reading just in a moment. But just yet, I want to ask you a few questions because th th this game, this is something that we never played whenever I was growing up. You know, we, we, we were too busy, like, you know, shooting each other with BB guns and poking each other with sticks and stuff. Uh, but th this new age of entertainment, uh, so there's a game called Would You Rather? And I, it, to me, it makes no sense, but, but some people really enjoy it. So just the ultimate Would You Rather game. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but first, let me ask you a few would-you-rather questions. I have two of them, uh, because both of these are kind of intriguing to me. So number one, would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? So, like, you know, I would pretend like that's super deep, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't plan on living over 150 years, so... Um, <laughs> give me 10 minutes, and then, you know, after I'm dead and gone, they can worry about 150 years later. But, uh, but just, I, mean, I guess it's a thought, right? Would you rather see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years? Would you rather know what you're going to have? You're not going to quite make lunch in 10 minutes. Uh, if you make lunch in 10 minutes, Pastor will no longer allow me to have this microphone. So you will not make lunch in 10 minutes. But, you know, you could check and see 150 years into the future, maybe. And then the second one, before we, before we get into God's Word, would you rather buy 10 things you don't need every time you go shopping? And all you guys are like, I do that anyway. Uh, would you rather buy 10 things you don't need every time you go shopping or always forget the one thing you do need when you go to the store? And all you guys are like, I do that anyway, right? Both. I'll take both. Um, but so would you rather, if, if you could choose, would you rather come home with 10 extra items every day, every time you go to the store, or would you rather make it home and be like, oh no, I forgot to get that. So just some would you rathers. Now I'm going to be honest and say both of those have absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about this morning. So, uh, if you would, let's all stand. And you can turn on your Bible if you need to. Go ahead and open your Bible to John chapter 5. Um, one verse, and then we're going to let you be seated this morning. John chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 14. Then we're going to kind of back up here in a little bit and, and catch up to verse 14. But John 5, 14, uh, hopefully your, your Bibles are there and you're, you've powered up and you've unlocked. Keep your phone on silent. If you Please keep your Bible on silent as you, uh, as you prepare to use it. Um, afterward, John five fourteen. afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Let's pray. Father, the reading of your word is already blessed. So I, I, I believe now, I pray now, God, that you will just help us navigate your word this morning. God, help us to, to understand what you're trying to say to us, Father, that you will help me to, to communicate, Father, what you want your children 
to hear this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So John 5 and 14, afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, now if, you are, if you're familiar with, with the works of Christ, if you're familiar with, with the Gospels, and you may know where we're already going this morning. But we're going to, while you're seated, keep your Bible turned on, keep your Bible open, because we're going we're to run through real quick John 5, 1 through 11, and we're going to catch up, kind of get you caught up here to the end of a great blessing, a great healing that Jesus w- was able to, 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 to walk someone through. So, and this is not going to be on the screen, so uh, got to keep your Bible on or out. Uh, John 5, 1 through 11, the Bible says this. The Bible says, After there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Uh, now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, the pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel, in verse 4, went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. When whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in this condition a long time. And he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Verse 9, And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Verse 10, the Jews therefore said to him, Who has cured, or who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. So I know that seems like a lot, and it's kind of all like jam-packing. We went through it kind of quick. So, so I just want to break it down for you just a little bit and walk through some of these verses. And then we're going to kind of look at some takeaways, and, and then we're going to be done. And it's not going to be ten minutes because I only have five left. So, Pastor, if you're watching, I did prepare. I, did, I, I was always told as I was going through MIP, my, my MIP pastor always says, said, listen, you never go too long because people think you're making stuff up. He said, you never go too short because people think, you know, you didn't prepare. So you have to go just right. So that's what we're going to try to do this morning. We're going to try to go just right um, and not be done in five minutes. So in verse 3 and 4, and this is really simple. In verse 3 and 4, we're going to kind of break this down. Uh, What you find here at the Pool of Bethesda is you, you find people waiting. You find people uh, needing a healing. They're, they're there, and like the Bible said, just to kind of, uh, of, of revisit it. These people would gather around this pool, all the sick, all the hurting, all, everyone with infirmities that was in the area, I guess. And they would wait for the water to be troubled. They would wait for what, what was, they thought was an, an angel would come down and, and, and stir the water. And as the water would, would rip or as the water would stir, it would be, in my mind, you know, I'm just picturing like this, this moment, kind of like the, kind of like the Price is Right, 
a little bit, and I'm not comparing like the Price is Right to the Bible, but but you know that moment in the Price is Right, like whenever they call the the, the person's name, and then like, ding 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 ding, and the person like jumps up, and everybody's high fiving them, and and then like run up to the. It's kind of reminds me of that moment because if you're sitting there, and and all these people are sick, and all these people are hurting, right, and and they need something. And, you know, the Bible doesn't really say that it was like, at, it just says at a certain time. So, you know, I like to think that, that maybe possibly it wasn't at the same moment every day. Maybe it was, was first thing in the morning. Maybe it was in the heat of the day when, you know. But you, you have all these people that know they can come to this place and get well. And so they're waiting for that moment. They're, they're waiting and they're watching. And as soon as, like, the first ripple you know, it's like a Black Friday sale at Walmart. Everybody just kind of like rushing and trying to get me the first one in the pool. So that, 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 that picture, it just amazes me to sit and think about. To think about like what that looked like. And in reading and kind of looking at the, the, the pool there is that there's Bible scholars, and, and there's some guys that, that believe that that, that pool is, is kind of made up of, of multiple rivers and, and streams that kind of run into one place, and, and when all those sediments all kind of, of mix and match, and, and that, that pool could have possibly been like the, this red pool that everybody is trying to climb into. So, you know, one, one thing is if that is true, and, and I didn't live back then, so we're kind of going on, you know, what archaeologists and people believe from, you know, dried up uh, pools that no longer had water in them. But, um, you know, that when you're in the pool, other than the fact that you got better, is the fact that, you know, everybody knew it because if, if the water and everything was red or colored, it would color your clothes, it would, it would kind of, of, of be stuck to you. And that's important here in a few minutes. So people... They were waiting for the healing, verses 3 and 4. They, they were waiting to, 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 to be cured. They were waiting to be blessed. But nonetheless, all eyes were focused on that water with great anticipation. You know, people got there early, I'm going to assume. Maybe people try to time it just right because if you're already moving, it's how my mind thinks, right? If you're already moving and everybody else has to like get up and move, it's like I have to read a lot. I've, I've been beside some of you guys in downtown Pulaski. You kind of slow and wait for it, wait for it, then it turns green and you go. I do the same thing. So that's, the, that's what's happening around the pool, right? In verse 6, we find Jesus, and he finds this man laying by the pool. Jesus shows up and is kind of maybe perplexed at the whole situation. And he asks the man a very, very, very simple question. A very simple and a very profound question that I'm going to ask you to ponder the rest of this service. Jesus asked the man, would you like to be well? Do you want to get better? Do you want to be made well? Man, what a question. What a question to have somebody at the, this, this healing pool. And I would imagine that this guy, in, in kind of his answer, was kind of like, you know, really, man? Really? Because he called him sir. Didn't know he was Jesus yet. We're going to get there. Didn't know he was Jesus. You know, he was just some guy 
He's laying crippled, sick, hurting something by this pool. He's waiting for the waters to stir so he can get in and get better. And this guy says, you know, hey, would you like to be made well? And I like to think, and not the, the proper Bible language, that the guy was like, no kidding. Really? No, man, you know, I'm just here because I like the show. And, you know, in essence, that's kind of what he did a little, right? In essence, he didn't say, yeah, absolutely. He didn't say, uh, absolutely. He said in verse 7, well, I'm here. Let me just read it for you. Verse 7. Then it says, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Uh, when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So here's the deal. Would you like to be made well? Would you like to get better? He didn't even ask Jesus. You know, hey, well, uh, yeah, you know, if, if you're willing, I could just have you. If you would just hang right here and then like whenever you see, just roll me in. Because once you roll around, you, you know, he's not going to drown, right? He's going to stand up and walk out. Maybe he can learn to swim. That's how I was taught many years ago. All right, there you go, man. But in, in all honesty, he kind of gave the wrong answer. And I really believe that same answer is the answer that a lot of us give today. I have been... I've been hurt beyond what, what people can, can, can see on the outside. I've been there. I've been people that, you know, I've been there when people say, man, are you okay? And you say, well, yeah. But your voice kind of, you know, goes up that little bit. Well, yeah. I believe laying by the pool, the guy had lost a little hope. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he's been there. The Bible doesn't tell us like how many times the water has been troubled. The Bible just tells us that we have a guy, we have a man who is laying by a pool waiting for a blessing. He's waiting for a blessing from the source that he believes that blessing will come from. And he's been edged out. He's maybe made it like right at the edge. And somebody's beating to it. And time after time, someone else has received what he has so greatly wanted. You ever been there? Have you ever, you ever been the guy or been the lady or been the person that you look at what everybody else is getting and, and you look at what you're going through? And you see what, what's happening to that family. You see what's happening in, in this. You say, man, I, I really, you know, I, I would really like, to, I'd really like to not have to worry about how the bills are going to get paid this week. And then you see people that are, you know, they're eating out every night and, and they're not trying to, to watch their money and, 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 you know, they're having no issues. Let me tell you real quick before, before we get in, this isn't even the good stuff. This is the, you're still in the free section of the message right now. If that is you, if, if you find yourself laying by the pool within arm's reach, within, within inches maybe, 
of what you feel like you need to get better, to get well, to not struggle as much. Don't always be convinced. Don't give up hope that the people that are beating you to that are necessarily the better off. Because if you read to the end of the story, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead, and you're going to hear this again, but I feel like we need to say it. Because if you read the end of the story, there's only one person at that pool that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, there was a lot of people there for a lot of things. But only one of those people, only one of those people looked into the eyes of glory and had Jesus Christ look into his eyes and say, you're healed, you're healed, you're better, get up and walk. So while you're laying by the pool, here's what we do. It's easy. It's easy to focus on why we can't get better, right? It's easy to focus on, on why we can't do it. It's easy to, 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 to look into the future and, and, and do the math real quick in our head and figure out, hey, well, this really ain't going to work anyway. I'm convinced that's what the guy did. He laid there and, and he realized he gave up hope and said, you know, everybody else beats me to it. They always take what, what I feel like is mine. They always get what I feel like I need. So there's no use. No reason to try. I can't get in the pool. I can't get myself there. And the next time the water stirs, the next time, I'm, you know, if I'm being honest with you, the next time the water is troubled, somebody's probably just going to, a little bit like Eeyore. If you're thinking, you know, the next time the water troubles, somebody else is just going to beat me to it. And, oh, well. <laughs> oh, bother. Is that you today? That's a hard question. That, that, that's difficult. Because you had to look at you. I could tell you if that's you, but you'd be offended. And I could be wrong, and then I would, you know, have to go and repent. Is that you today? How many times have you been passed up? How many times have you been this close to what you feel like you needed and you were going to get it from where you thought you were going to get it from? Somebody else beat you to it. And now you just quit trying. You just quit. I ain't going to lie to you. Been there. I've quit. I've said, you know what? I, who cares? So let's keep going. Verses 8 and 9, Jesus says, rise up and walk. Jesus says, receive. And immediately, the, the, great thing about, uh, the great thing about the blessings of God, and also the very frustrating thing about the blessings of God, is sometimes they just happen immediately, right? Sometimes God says, hey, you know what? You're going to walk again. And you get strength in your legs, and you walk again. And now sometimes God says, you're going to walk again. And you have to heal, and it takes some time, and it's hard. You're going to love again. You're going, to, you're, going, you're going to feel blessed again. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it takes a little time, and it takes a little work, and it takes, it takes, it takes a little struggle. But immediately in this case, immediately the man received strength in his legs. He stood up. He walked. And this is where we get to the part where 
that changed the perception of everybody else in that pool. I am convinced that there was somebody in their lawn chair, sitting by that pool, waiting for the water to trouble. This man walks up and says, hey, get up and walk, you're good. And there's some guy across the pool on one of the other porches that says, what is that? I've been here for three days. That guy's only been here for two days. What is this about? Can I break your heart for a second? Because we've been that person too, haven't we? We've been that person that says, I've been doing this my whole life. Why do they get it? I've been praying for this for years. They spend 10 minutes in the altar. So here's what happens at the pool. Here's what happens when Jesus steps in. Here's what happens when people go searching for something and then the real cure shows up, right? It changes the way you see everything. It changes the way you look at everything. I, I like to believe that there was, was a bunch of people sitting on porches waiting for the water to trouble. They see the man get healed and all of a sudden a thought comes into their mind. And they say, was this really I mean, is this really what happened? Is this really? Because here's the thing, and you can shoot me for this later. Um, if you read some of the, the, the different translations, some of the, some of the, uh, the, the different scripts and, and some of the Greek, and the, the Greek and the Hebrew stuff, when you read verse 4, and this is in the King James, the New King James says, the water, a water for, a, for an angel went down to, at a certain time into the pool and stirred it up. And whoever stepped in, so this kind of, and I want you to think about this just for a few minutes. And I'm not saying that it was an angel. I'm not saying that it wasn't an angel. Okay? I, that, that's not for me. If you will read, there's some things that, that, that kind of leave that verse out. There's some, there's some schools of thought that, that believe that, that as those rivers were, were pouring into this pool and, and uh, you know, they would, the current would hit just right a certain time and, and it would create a little whirlpool and then everybody would kind of Katie bar the door and try to be the first one in. I'm not here to say, you know, if, if it was an angel or if it wasn't an angel, it's not, it's not for me to decide. I'm not here to say that the healing they received was, was, was real. All the many people that came before, it's not for me to decide. I do know that only great things and good things come from God. Yeah, I do believe that, that there is no good that can come from the enemy. Devil is not going to heal you. Devil is not going to care for you. That's not going to happen. But I think it's amazing how if it was an angel, and if it, if it was, you know, if, if it wasn't just uh, you know, something that happened. That's just another fact that Jesus kind of kind of changed the rules a little bit. Like, I, I like to believe that, that when that happened, everybody might have said, you know, hey, is this thing really real? Or is, or is this guy real? You know, well, 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 now what do we do? Do we wait for the pool? Do, do we wait for, for this? Or, or, or do, 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 we, do we just go to him? But as we read in, in, in verse 11... 10 and 11, we, we find that the guy carrying his bed, right? He's been healed. He's carried his bed. And then he's asked by some of the Jewish leaders. You know, first of all, 
who told you to do that, right? Who told you it's the Sabbath? You can't be carrying your bed on the Sabbath. You can't be working. Jesus got in trouble. If you'll continue to read for healing on the Sabbath. He got questioned. He didn't get in trouble because, you know, ain't nobody going to, what are you going to do? But he got questioned. You know, why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath? Why are you doing this? And the guy, the, the answer is awesome because I think it's amazing. He, did, he had no idea who Jesus was. He didn't care, like, you know, who the man was that, that, that worked the miracle. All he cared about was the fact that the guy said, get up and walk and carry your bed, and it worked. Right? So they asked him, hey, who told you to carry your bed? And I love the answer. He says, well, the guy that told me to get up and walk. It's like, you know, it's not profound. Listen, you know, again, I like to think in Southwest Virginia slang, the guy was like, listen, I'm just going to tell you right now. Man tells me to get up and walk and it works. I'm going to carry anything he wants me to carry. He carried my bed. I'm glad that's the only thing he asked me to carry. He said, my bed. I said, yes, sir. And off I go. I think it's amazing. Who told you to carry your bed? Well, the guy that told me to get up and walk. Here's what we have to understand. At this point in the guy's life, at this point in this man's life, this miracle was fresh and this miracle was new and he's still excited. And, you know, I like to think maybe he danced a little bit. Maybe he, you know, he, he, he tested the miracle a little and, and ran a little bit. Maybe he ran home carrying his bed, and the guy saw him and said, what are you doing? Why are you carrying that? And he said, let me tell you why, because, you know, I've been crippled for like 38 years. And this guy showed up at the pool and said, hey, get up and walk and take your bed home, and, and that's what I'm doing. And then somebody said, well, hold <laughs> on just for a second, because you can't do that. You ever been there? Has God ever worked uh, something in your life? Listen, Pastor Tony hit it amazing this morning with blessed assurance. Because have you ever had God work something in your life and then somebody try to tell you, oh, it's not really how it happened. See, that's where blessed assurance, that's where that assurance comes into play. Because first of all, listen, you don't know me. You don't know how long I laid by that pool waiting for somebody else to, or, or what, trying to get a miracle that somebody else got for 38 years. And now I can walk and I'm carrying my bed and you're going to tell me I can't do it? Listen, I've seen God do some amazing things. Not only physically, you know, we, we, we've been very blessed. We, we saw, we were at youth camp and, I, I, and, and God... Healed Allie's knee miraculously. Waiting for swelling to go down. Waiting for, sur waiting for a surgery appointment. Went through a prayer line at youth camp. Crutches hit the floor. Uh, brace came off. Swelling was gone. She played basketball the rest of the week at camp. Now, I ain't going to lie to you, Dad. Dad was in panic mode a little bit. Not, and Lord, please forgive me. I wasn't doubting the miracle. Well, maybe, I don't, you know what? I'm just, can I just be honest and you not shoot me? Don't tell on Pastor. He, 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 may, he may be coming through bad service right here, so don't tell on me. Okay, he may not hear this part. I ain't going to lie, I found myself in, in, in that moment. Whenever it was staff, 
camper basketball game night, and there's a bunch of these grown men, you know, playing against all these campers, which Allie was a junior, sophomore at the time. And she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going I'm going to play. And I ain't going to lie. This dad said, oh, that's really about it. That was, that was the conversation. Because I found myself at that, at that weird, little, weird little spot where, okay, if you really believe, but you're still kind of the dad, so if she gets there and something happens. But let me tell you that, that God sent very wise people, even in those moments, to say, listen, I've already, I, one of the guys at camp, he said, we've been playing basketball already, and I've been pushing on her hard, you know. And I said, well, thanks a lot. He said, listen, she's going to be fine. So I even found myself in that moment, being, being that, that terrible person that, that you know, she, had no, she had no doubt. Everybody around her had no doubt. That's assurance that God is really going to do it, that God has really done it. So God does something in your life. He tells you to carry your bed. He tells you to do something. Don't let anybody tell you, you can't do that. You say, yeah, I kind of can. With assurance. Knowing that that which is worked in you and that that lives inside of you is stronger than anything else in this world. It's stronger than any doubt. It's stronger than any, anything that will come against you. I truly believe this works. John 5, 1 through 14 works because of the assurance. Because it's very easy, very easy whenever we're questioned about what we believe to lay that down or to hide that. Or to see the Jewish, lead, to see the Jewish leaders coming to you and walking toward you. And you know what they're going to listen. You guys, you guys. If, if you're here and you're a child of God, you work with those people. You, you, you're on teams with those people. Some of those people might be in your family. You know exactly what they're going to say. You know exactly what they're going to ask. You know exactly what the argument's going to become. See, it'd been really easy for this guy just to kind of lay the bed down, and the Jewish leader's kind of walking by. And they're like, well, whose bed is that? How did he get out here in the road? And the guy's like, I don't know. It's a, I have no idea, man. You know what? I, I, I truly believe that if that would have happened, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Now, that, that, again, I'm not trying to write anything in the Bible. That's just that's what I believe. I believe part of our struggle is that the Lord blesses us greatly and we're ashamed of it. And the Bible says, if you bless me, I will bless you. If you honor me, I will honor you. So let me give you a few takeaways, and then we're going to be done. We're going to pray, and, and, and just the right amount of time. That's what I'm saying. Here's some takeaways for you real quick. First and foremost, Bethesda. If you are here and you are the man laying by the pool, if you are here and you're the one who, who needs a miracle, maybe you're here and, and you're the one that, that God has, has whispered in the ear of, in the midst of everybody else that's hurting and said, hey, it's going to be all right. 
Let me tell you where that happens. That happens in Bethesda. That happens at the pool of Bethesda. Because if you take Bethesda back to the Greek and the Hebrew, you find that it is translated the house of outpouring. So let me just tell you here real quick. If you find yourself hurting, if you find yourself broken, if you find yourself needing a blessing, if you find yourself for 38 years crippled, laying on a bed, and you're ready to hear the words that says, hey, you know what, get up, walk, and take your bed, you better find yourself a place of outpouring. You better find yourself a Bethesda pool, a house of outpouring that God can connect with you. And listen, it's not just here in this altar. It's not just here in this beautiful sanctuary. The house of outpouring can be anywhere that you decide to connect with Jesus, connect with the Holy Spirit intimately with. That can be, listen, you go home, you can take this home tonight. And whatever that infirmity is, whatever that worry is, whatever that doubt is, you can create your, your, your bedroom, your prayer closet, your living room can become a house and a place of outpouring with the Holy Spirit. But you have to create that. You have to do that. You have to, 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 to make room and to clear out junk to make that happen. Just because, this is next, just, just because you're surrounded by people that are convinced they know how to get better doesn't mean you have to listen to them. Now we're going to stay right there for like two minutes because that's important. Because we are all surrounded by people who feel like they know more than we know about everything. Or at least I am. Right? In, in this age, everybody, Dr. Google has made everybody a physician. That's true. Now, you know, obviously apart from the great physician, we have some trusted people that we're able to call and get like, you know, the real story from but look up Google. You have an ingrown toe now. Look it up on Google. You'll be going for heart caths. You, you, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And it's not, it's not just medical. It's in every aspect of our life. See, we're surrounded by, by all, this, all, all these, these, these suggestions on how we can, we can, we can, can, can make our family better financially. We're surrounded by all these suggestions on, on how we can strengthen our marriages or, 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 or send our kids down the right path. Yeah? Because when we all go looking for something, we go looking at, at, this, at this certain place. Unfortunately, this place is called the Internet. And what we find is all these people who are, who are trying all this different stuff. All these different things to, to, to get better, to get rich, to, 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 to be more stable. I'm telling you right now, if that man was to walk right back into that pool, if he was to go back to that place, and the Bible would, would entertain and let us see that, he would say what a lot of you guys would say, I hope. He would walk in there and he would say, listen, I'm telling you right now, I know what you're expecting, I know what you're looking for. But there is a man. <laughs> that is that, that spoke into my ear. He looked into my eyes and he said, you know what? You get up and walk. And guys, that's the answer. 
He would walk into to the financial institutions. The, you, you think of the, 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 the disciples when they, when they found the coin in the fish's mouth. That they would go to, to, to all these guys that get rich people and say, listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I know what you're thinking, but there is a man. He said, go catch a fish. And all my bills are paid. Let me warn you, just because you're surrounded by people that say it has to be done a certain way, it doesn't. It doesn't. Listen. Listen to the man. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Number three, people are not going to understand your blessing. People aren't going to get it. They don't have to because it's not theirs. People don't understand why you're blessed. And now, sometimes, as Pastor Tony's coming, if you don't mind to come and prepare, sometimes you're going to be the people. Sometimes you're going to be the people that don't understand. And you're going to sit there and you're going to say, oh, I don't mean, I don't mean, huh? You don't have to understand why God blesses them. They don't have to understand why God blesses you. There are many reasons. Number four, there's many reasons why we can't receive. There's many reasons why it won't work for you this time. Can I just be honest with you? There's a lot of reasons why it won't work. There's a, there, the, we could list them the length of these aisles. While whatever it is that's brought you beside the pool that's brought you to that certain site that, that, that's going to offer suggestion to you, that, 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 that's caused you to seek counsel with, with friends or family or whatever, there's lots of reasons why it's not going to work. There's lots of reasons why, why even though God right now in this moment, you feel it in your heart and you feel it in your spirit, and he says, you know, it's going to be okay. And you're going to be okay and you're going to make it. There's lots of reasons why you're not going to make it. All right, there's lots of reasons why it won't work this time. But I'm telling you right now, there is one reason why it will. And you just need one reason. You know, if you if you go back and, and you look even even nights and 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 in and, and those the, the medieval times and the nights of and, and the, the, the times of, of battles and, and nights and Guys would fight. Even look at the Bible. Look at Joshua. Look, look at all the, the great battles that were won. And all the many enemies that was conquered. For Joshua, there was one reason why he was going to win. That's all he needed. Because the land had been promised, right? By the God of this earth to him. There's lots of reasons. Lots of reasons why it's not going to work. There's lots of reasons why you're probably not going to get up and, and, and move. I'm not even here, but whenever you feel God say, you know what, now's the time. Get up and move and go and work and do it. There's lots of reasons why you're not going to trust Him. Man, but there's one. There's one reason why you should. And then here's the big one. And here's the hard one, because we save the heaviest thing for last. All the way back down 
to John 5, 14, the Bible says this. It says, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. He's at the pool. Jesus heals him. He carries his bed home. He's questioned about it. He says, man, the, the guy that, that told me to get up and walk told me to carry my bed. He was just some guy until John 5 and 14, whenever he's at the temple and Jesus finds him in the temple, or actually John 5 and 13, I'm sorry, 12 and 13, Jesus finds him in the temple. And then in verse 14, he says, see, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing came upon you. Now you need to hear me, because this is important. And I'm standing before you, not the pastor of this church. I'm not your shepherd. I'm someone who has been greatly blessed to stand before you this morning. But that was a warning. I I believe it. I've researched it. And if you reference those words, sin no more, lest the worst will come upon you. As the same phrase that Jesus uttered, to the prostitute that was caught in the very act whenever he says woman rise up your accusers are no more he says go and sin no more right it's the exact same phrase if you read in Matthew whenever whenever his his warning his warning about you know what we, we, we've cast out these demons Unless you, you purify yourself, unless you set yourself apart, you will have, have these and, and a multitude more come home with you. And then the beginning will be the end. So I'm going to tell you this, and this is kind of like, you know, more dartboard than it is shotgun, okay? I believe with my whole heart because Jesus said, sin no more. There is something in that man's life that was sin that put him beside that pool. Because it's the same situation as the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Jesus stepped in and he saved her. And he plucked her and he put her on a solid rock. And he said, listen, don't do it again. That's my act. That, that's the ask. That's the takeaway. That, that's what I'm asking you this morning. That, that, that's, that's the call. Let's do this. Let's all stand if you would. Let, let's all stand. And, and here's the call. Are you by the pool this morning? Are you hurting? Are you broken? If you are, and I'm telling you, and this is going to be very, very again, this is dartboard. What put you there? You want to play the game of would you rather? Would you rather be broken or would you rather be whole? Yeah? Yeah, would you rather be hurt or would you rather be healed? Would you rather be depressed or would you rather be happy? Would you rather be lost or would you rather be saved? Wouldn't you rather be walking? Wouldn't you rather be enjoying? Wouldn't you rather be complete? If that's you, Pastor Tony's going to sing. If you're ready to be whole, if you're ready to, to have God just whisper in your ear,
This altar is going to open and Pastor Tony is going to sing. But before it does, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear your child's youth pastor if you have a child in youth group. I want you to hear what God says. God says, congratulations, you've been put back together. You've been made whole. Sin no more. Let's the worst thing come upon you. So I'm going to tell you, before you come to this altar, and I pray that you do, and as, as people come, we're just going to ask everybody to gather in behind them and support them. But before you do, hear me. Whatever it is that put you at the pool of Bethesda, whatever it is that put you needing to be healed, needing to be happy, needing to be saved, needing to be put back together again, if that is sin, you need to leave it exactly where you are sitting. Because, because, I think that's the warning this morning. Go and sin no more. Don't do again what put you in this place. So we're going to bow and we're going to pray. And if you're here, you're broken, you're hurt, maybe you're depressed, wouldn't you rather be happy? Wouldn't you rather feel God again? Mighty Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. I pray for hearts right now as you start to, 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 to convict them, God. I pray for hearts right now as you start to convince them to take a step. The only thing the step does, God, is just communicate to you. It tells you that they're ready. In your name, Jesus, give us courage to take a step.